Hey there on this July 7, 2021. It's EDB here that's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and I believe you connected to this because you're ready for our Wednesday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. If I can, just take a moment right here to thank you. On behalf of the platform on which you have chosen to consume this, I also thank you for that as well. And ask that you do whatever that platform has required of you. That could be like, subscribe, follow, add. What that does is ensure you get these conversations each and every time they're released to the internet, which at this moment in time is Sundays and Wednesdays. And if you can, while you're also doing that, share it with somebody else that you know can benefit from this piece of awesome sauce. Shall you? You shall. I believe in you. I know you will. Good morning. I like when she says it. She goes, good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> All of us who are still half asleep this morning. And uh, we uh, wish to get started this morning. Uh, as Booth likes to call her, Sister First Lady has... Uh, has a little arm trouble. She's been having it for the last three days. So the only time I sleep is when she leaves the house. I said the only difference between her and grandma was grandma was in the other room when she hollered. <laughs> That's the Lord of my soul and all that is with me. Bless his holy name. I'm just saying, you know, you're used to the pain, but not that close. <laughs> you don't have to deal with it, huh? All that close. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was on the other. It was on the other side of the on the other side of the house phone. Now it's right there near my ear. Right there, in front of you. Right there. Uh-huh. But it's the same sound. The ooze and the owls and the woo. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's like crazy one for the other, huh? Yeah, I just got up close and personal. Crazy uh, older one for a younger one, huh? Same sound. Uh huh. Whoa! Oh boy. Thanks for this laugh. This is gonna make us all feel better. This great laugh. <laughs> I, told, I told her last night, I said, I got the same problems on a younger model. And, uh. Oh, that's it, huh? <laughs> and after she beat you up, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. I was locked out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you know what to say and what not to say, okay? Uh huh. That's why I said it when she won't hear. And yeah. so, uh. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I looked up and realized she is. Now, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh. Well, oh, good morning. After the medicine. 
We started on Sunday with our personal moments of confession. As we said Sunday, it's uh, very hard for the preacher to uh, express your concerns. We don't know what those concerns are. So I know you watch the news as much as I've tried to convince you not to, and I know you have some feelings or some thoughts and what have you. And also on the same token, I realize that uh, there are some things that have affected you deeply. And so as we take a moment to quietly pray, I would like to just give you some time to deal with those issues. Number one, if you are, uh, if you have, and I'm sure you have paid attention, I'm sure that uh, your thoughts and your prayers goes out to Florida. They've had a lot of problems down there this last couple of weeks. There's a possibility that you know someone down there or you have uh, affected, it has affected you in some way. You may not know personally that issue, but you have had something that has come close. I was reading an article a couple of days about that uh, collapsed condo and one of the pieces the lady had somewhat of a I don't want to call it psychiatric that's not fair a mental breakdown she was reminded of how she lost everything and she's still trying to recover I don't really know if you've ever been in that situation. But that could have brought back a memory just like it did for that young lady. Maybe that's an opportunity for you to connect with your creator this morning. Then we're we're looking at the world, or trying to at least look at it post-pandemic, becoming a little bit stressful for us to do so, if it's the problem of us not knowing, really, or should I say forgetting, how the world used to look. 
that's not bad enough. We're struggling with the reality that there could be another spring up of this stuff. It's not over yet. A lot of us lost a lot in the last 14 months, and we are still feeling some type of way, if you will. Might be a moment for you to lay that piece of business on the Creator. And since we want to hang out in Florida. You know, there's a congressman down there. He's been doing some craziness. You know, you know we can leave it at that. As I was reading the story, I, I thought about a lot of young women and senior women who have lived through assault, sexual harassment, Some of you, it's a nightmare that you still can't get rid of. I want to give you time. I know that a few have been through those issues, an abusive man, what have you. You might still need some help with that. Finally today, when you think about uh, the Olympics that is coming up and you hear about Shakara Richardson, that speaks home to a lot of us in our community because we know it just an ounce of the good grass would do to us. It has ruined a lot of our families. A lot of our friends. She lost her dreams just because of something that in about six of the 50 is legal. You know what that feels like. Some of you, you, you you're still struggling from those types of problems. Now that we have kind of taken a few moments to deal with our personal problems, would you mind joining as we just for about two or three minutes? We're gonna uh, we're gonna play Meeny Meeny Miney Mo, and since Granny has to hit the streets, 
I definitely did call her off the cuff, but everybody today is going to get called off the cuff. Uh, we've had a moment to pray for our personal lives, deal with our problems. If you just try to throw your hand out, not 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 like you, I'm trying to figure out how to tell you this, but it's kind of symbolic, like all the people out there in your neighborhoods, we're going to kind of have a little corporate moment to all those folks that you're seeing walking down the street that you may not know that may have these problems. People you can think about. Would you get those folks in your mind My our dear granny comes over here and prays for us here for a few moments. And then afterwards, Mama Bell, go ahead and get your fingers in the water. Most holy and all wise Father, we thank you this morning for another beautiful day. We thank you because you woke us up with the blood still running warm in our veins and activities of our limbs. And as we come this morning humbly before you, we're asking you for mercy. You say mercy by mercy, morning by morning, new mercies. And we thank you for your new mercies, the gift that you have given us. And teach us, O oh God, how to be thankful. In spite of all that we have to go through, in spite of all that's out there, we trust in you and believing that you, knowing that you have it all in control. We just thank you this morning, God. Bless every listening ear. You know about every situation and every problem. Look on our nations. Look on our nation. God, you know this storm is coming this way. We're praying for protection, oh God. We're praying that we will be spared of all these tornadoes and things that they say is coming. We put it all in your hands this morning, and we said thank you. Bless our president, bless President Biden and Kamala Harris, bless our vice president. Minister to this country, God. Oh, God, look over me, over there, oh, God, where that prime minister got assassinated. We praying for that family over there, God. We asking you, oh, God, to stand with us all, and we said thank you. We love you, dear God. We love you because you love us so much, and we said thank you. We praise you. And we give you all the honor, all the honor, all the honor, all the glory, glory, glory go to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.
if I can return uh, somewhat to where we left on Sunday in Second Chronicles chapter 15 and I just want to focus my attention on one of those pieces uh, kind of deep in the middle of that that verse was in 3 through 7 on Sunday. I just want to hit 5 if I can. Second Chronicles chapter 15 verse 5. And it reads, In those times there was no peace for those who went about their daily activities because the residents of the land had many conflicts. In those times, there was no peace for those who went about their daily activities because the residents of the lands had many conflicts. I can this morning rob famous civil rights activist that many of you know, the Reverend Al Sharpton, I want to use for a thought his tagline, no justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. And now, kind Father, we thank you for this opportunity and we ask that you would allow us on this Wednesday as we are preparing to do our daily activities. We thank you for this moment of pause and the hustle and bustle that is our daily lives to receive information and inspiration that can help us to truck along in this our week. We thank you that when this is over, we, your spiritual jurors, will without a shadow of a doubt hear and understand what it is you are saying. And all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen. Amen. No justice, no peace. That's a tagline that has been streamed throughout the streets of these states united by the Reverend Al Sharpton for some 40 years. The Reverend Al Sharpton, for many of you who do not know, please allow me this privilege. I know that that is uh, it's almost impossible not to know who he is, but there may be one or two. Reverend Al Sharpton is a famous civil rights activist who has found himself at the scene of many issues and challenges, conflicts, if you will, that has affected the African-American community. Here recently you've seen him at uh, situations involving Freddie Gray, Maude Aubrey. You've seen him at the famous George Floyd funeral where he did the eulogy. You've seen him 
for those of us who are from the 757 just down the road here in our uh, broadcasting audience, I say broadcasting because our news uh, options allow for Elizabeth City. It includes Elizabeth City. So he's, he's found himself in our area here recently with the struggles that went down in Elizabeth City. And then there was a piece of business that happened just around the corner in the beach, and he had a presence there. He screamed that no justice, no peace, because most of the time there's issues that, as I said, he deals with that involves some form of injustice. I didn't come to uh, spend your time this morning uh, pontificating over his resume, but to use him as a backdrop because his words, even though they have singular meaning, can have pluralistic value, if you will. There's a lot of things that are going on in our world, most of it that we know, some of it we're not necessarily prepared for. At least I would like to take a moment of projection and say that we're not prepared for. When I was growing up, and when many of you were growing up, I'm certain, the mission statement, if you will, the family goal was to do everything that we could to raise young people who respected the law, who abided by saying, who attended school and got proper grades and those proper grades would allow for them to move out into the higher educational space. Once they achieved that level of high education, then they could propel themselves into the workforce to make a comfortable living and repeat the process all over again. It was a struggle for folks like you that I'm speaking with on this call in this environment. Some of our young folks who will listen later are having a different struggle, and we'll get to that in a moment. But for you, growing up in the 50s and the 60s, it was a struggle, and that uh, was the goal because of the struggle. You're in segregation or you're in severe forms of poverty for those who were not necessarily a part of the African-American struggle. I say that because it's very easy to think that the only people that struggled were black. No, our Polish brothers who lived in these states united struggled every ethnicity, to be honest with you, that was not European, met its form of conflict during their daily activities. The 50s and 60s was hard for the minority because that goal that I mentioned of 
getting good grades in school and making sure that you respect and abide by the law was a severe challenge. Most of us were coming in contact with the law and we had done nothing wrong. Most of us, it was hard to abide or respect something that was oppressing, that was being utilized as a tool to keep us behind. And then the education system. Well, the education system was easy. College was easy because most of us could not attend. We didn't have the proper books. We didn't have the proper tools. We didn't know what the requirements were to get certain positions, and if we did know those requirements, we probably were not going to get them because of the color of our skin. Or, dare I say, the race and ethnic connection we had. And so college was the struggle. That was the goal. That was the obstacle that we had to achieve. And we worked hard, Dr. King and the Reverend Jesse Jackson and Phyllis Whitney and a host of other young persons, not just in the African-American community. Those are the names that we most know of because that was the struggle that was most publicized. But they fought to do whatever was possible to get that cloud lifted, that hover, that, that glass ceiling of higher education and higher work opportunities lifted. And they achieved it. Now we have the privilege of attending whatever school we choose. We have the privilege after we have attended whatever school we choose to potentially work wherever we choose. Oh, yes, there's still a few hiccups here and there, but for the most part, we can do and go where we wish. But that presented a different challenge because what has happened before was because there was that glass ceiling, because many of the populace was kept out, what it did is it caused for a non-educational inflation. Now the system is overloaded. And once a bachelor's degree or an associate's degree in most of your days would do the trick. You can get a good job, a couple thousand dollars in savings, just off a two-year certificate. Now a two-year certificate is almost worse than high school because the educational field is inflated. A bachelor's degree, which was once a guarantee for a middle-class life, is now the guarantee that you might become a cashier at the Walmart. The education world 
is inflated. And when you, when you think honestly about what's going on here now, when I was 18, 19, and I was looking for places to acquire employment, one of those opportunities was the post office. Y'all remember that place. The post office, they sent you a book, and it, that book was almost like taking an SAT, if you will. And if you could get through the postal test, you would get an opportunity at a position and at least 38 to 40 grand in, in wages with retirement benefits, so forth and so on. I invite you to go down to the post office and try to get employment. You do better at the Walmart. You won't have to deal with the struggle of elements for the same wages. Inflation has taken place. And so when you look at our young people, The sad reality is they have a different struggle than you had, and I'm not here to dilute your struggle. I'm here to kind of bring awareness that the struggle still exists just in different form. There are some on your TVs who have argued that a lot of our challenges that we're feeling now are daily conflicts of the many conflicts resulting in our daily activities, if you will, is a modernized version of Jim Crow. This Jim Crow does not just target one race of people. It targets a class. If you're in a certain income level, you feel the stench of the oppression. Yes. In fairness, that class of persons are predominantly one race. But nonetheless, it is more class-related than racial. Overinflation from the education's perspective. And then this generation, which would love to live the lives in the way that you did. And there's many who I talk to of a more senior persuasion who uh, tell me about uh, certain pieces of advice that they gave to their youngins. And they say, well, Eric, do you think that's a good idea? And I said, no. A lot of the loopholes that were available for you has been sealed up now. For example, someone of your stature talking to the fine folks on this call, when you started working, as I mentioned, places like the post office, some 40000 a year, you might have had anywhere from there to almost a quarter of a million dollars laying around if you found yourself in a comfortable position. Half a million might have ran through your veins 
not just in savings, but in liquid, in equity, with houses and cars and other uh, acts of value that you might have possessed. That could have been rings, watches. You get the picture. Half a million dollars just laying around. That has also been inflated and diluted at this point in time. Whereas a millennial might have $20,000. And might is a good term if they have a double master's degree and can find themselves in one of those tech companies that may or may not dry up tomorrow. You see, the good thing about living in your generation, talking to my seniors here, you went and got a job down at the plant, and nine times out of ten, that plant was going to be there for 30 years. You're going to get a watch, a tick in the behind, and sent home to sit by the mailbox. This generation get a job at the Iconics Tech Lab, and they may come to work on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week and find out that the company's exec sold it to IBM, Facebook, or Google with the possibility of no employees joining the deal. It's a different world by which they live. And then you think about this right here, and it gives me a side piece that I wish to throw out there as we hurry into a conclusion. With all that we've just discussed, it presents a little problem. It presents an unstableness in our world. To talk on a level by which you would understand or you uh, have come to to uh, why you're here is what I was trying to say. Thank you for that moment of blunder. Church folks have to look at the world a lot differently. You remember back in the day, Wednesday was church day. You went to noonday prayer. Noonday prayer was popularized back in the day because of this stability in the workforce. Our semi to higher class individuals had opportunities between 12 and 1. That was the lunch break, and many of them would give up that lunch break instead of going to the local restaurant or some place in the corner to enjoy their cheese sandwich. They would head down to the church for about 45 minutes to 50th prayer. Church would start at 12. They'd get out about 12.50, and that gets you about 10 minutes to head back to the job because in your day, if you remember, your job, your church, your home was probably within a half-mile radius. I don't think we have to present the argument that those days are no longer possible. Most folks don't know when their lunch break is going to occur. Not alone do they think about leaving the premises with the hope of returning on time. 
So what do they have to do? Up until now, they have just accepted the reality that they could not attend church. They could not associate or be a part. And there has been a battle because what the church of old did not realize is that all of these opportunities was built out of convenience. Nobody was sacrificing much in this regard. Oh, everybody sacrifices things, yes. But you didn't have to put your job on the line back then, at least not all of them. You had that brief. That opportunity was there. That opportunity no longer exists. And so now this generation has to find another way to connect with their creator, which is why I've been preaching the idea of connecting more so than gathering. I hate to sound like a broken record, but that is why what we do here is so important, not just at this hour, but at other hours too. Because it's the only way that we would find the loophole, if you will, to get our friends and families of the younger persuasion involved and connected to their creator. And then finally, as we bring this to a close, Brother Dennis, I'm going to call you to pray for us in about three minutes. To conclude us. Because you're asking yourself, at least I have, as many of us are at the house, and as, as I mentioned earlier, you you got that watch and the, the pat on the back, and you were sent home with a rocking chair to sit by the mailbox. That mailbox is on the verge of collapse, and what is put in it, same. And so where that security and that stability that you will enjoy until you die, for the most part. I don't see in your lifetime you having to go out and get another position, you having to fend or fight for a check anymore, that those days are pretty much secured for you. But the next group, not so much. And so they're fighting, they're struggling. That's why they have no peace. That's why they're mentally disturbed. Their mental health is through the charts, their depression level saying, because as they go about their daily activities, they are dealing with many conflicts. And even though some of us can say in truth, of course, that there's nothing new under the sun, vanity, vanity, all is vanity, it's one thing. To say it is another thing to feel it. And the sad reality is the thing that I believe will be most beneficial 
to not just the next generation, but those who are in your generation who never caught up to the pill, to the plate, if you will. And they're joining in the same fight that their children are because they never caught up. That's where being supportive, that's what we have to do things like we were doing, giving them boxes of goodies and making sure that they have all the tools that they need to have a fighting chance. That's why all of this is important. It's not just preaching a sermon. It's about providing access to not only their creator, but the hope that their creator brings. And so as you go about your daily activities this morning, this week, as you face these many conflicts, I ask you to consider those people. I hope that you will see them differently, that you will hear them differently than you did before. And I hope that in hearing and seeing them differently, it will portray or motivate a different train of thought, a different way to converse. That we would all understand that until we can all get on the same level, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're red, whether you're yellow, whether you're green, whether you got a polka dot eye or a square nose, it really doesn't matter until we all get on the same level. There will truly be no justice and, more importantly, no peace. Brother Dennis. Let's pray. Father God, we just have to open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to what we heard today, Lord. We know that uh, a lot of things go on. Sometimes we, we get stuck, stuck in our ways, stuck in the mud. Sometimes we just need to pull ourselves out of that mud and look around and see what's going on in our world and, and what we can do to make it the world that God wants it to be, the, the world that God created. You know, as Eric says, we see people walk down the streets, you know, sometimes we just need to pray for them. You know, we may not know them by name, but we can still pray for them. We can pray for our neighbors. And most important, we can pray for our families, Lord. And we can pray for ourselves. Sometimes, you know, being stuck in the mud is a bad thing. And we need to get out of that mud. And we need to, you know, just clean ourselves off. Maybe renew ourselves, you know, renew our belief and in, 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 in our thoughts and our process. You know, God created us in his image and likeness. And, and it didn't say he created us as whites or blacks or greens like, like Eric said. You know, he created us in his image. So whatever image you are, you are an image of God. So, Lord, we just ask you to open our hearts. We ask you to protect us. Give us the strength to, to face the rest of this week. And just give us the open minds that, uh, and hearts that Sunday will be a productive day for us, uh, not only in the word we hear, but in the, the word we, we take and hold dear to us. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you again for who you are and what you do. 
in your name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Blessed Jesus, bless everybody. God minister to us.